Yes, welcome back once again to the original Room 404, back from the American John. I'm Ewan Spence, the webmaster of the room that time forgot. In here is everything that culture has forgotten. Tech, geek toys, web servers, personalities, strange cables that you were never quite sure why they were in the box of your dad's chess set, but there you go. If I look over here, I can see the original expansion set for Warhammer 25,000. Just to the left of that is a 10-volume biography of Winston Zedmore, destined to be an ABC miniseries until they actually saw how much work he had to do in Ghostbusters. And over here, sitting quietly, is Willie Rushton. You see, Room 404, it's People forget that sometimes really important things are in here, like Willie. And it's it's people's job to try and think, bring people back out of there into the public conscience. Now, Willie, it's, it's, it's kind of drifts in and out of here. Uh, but it's those strange small things that our guests want to bring back. But that's what we want to find out on Room 404. Four items where they have to discuss with me if they can bring them back for the world to see. And of course, at the end of that, payment has to be made, so they will attempt to bring in something from the modern world that really we don't need anymore. In fact, we never needed in the first place, and it can quite safely be snuffed out of existence. Rising to that challenge today, we have a man who's instructed me that whenever I say his company name, 1000 Heads, on the podcast, <laughs> it must be said with a small H and no space in between the thousand and the head, otherwise his boss gets a little bit annoyed and makes a noise like a dying buffalo. <laughs> James Watley joins me now, the marketing director at 1000 Heads. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how, do we do, how do we do that in audio is it thousand heads uh it's thousand heads I, people across the company say one thousand heads eight thousand heads thousand heads um but uh yeah the, the brand police came down pretty hard recently so it's like no no thousands no space small h it's like really do i have to start saying that to people but did things they have are a, as they are did they have a pronunciation guide um, there is no pronunciation guide i'm gonna push back and get one of those you know because because cute doesn't have one and i keep calling it qt I'm, I'm, I thought it was cute. Yeah, you see, 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 it's no point having just a brand guide if whenever you go doing an audio podcast, I have to work out whether it's thousand <laughs> heads or yep. thousand heads because there's no space and it's a small h, or it's one thousand heads or. Ugh. I tell you what, you and I entrust you to pronounce it however you wish, sir. Oh, you're trying to get my good side before you bring in your items, aren't you? <laughs> Damn it! <That's> transparent. <laughs> yes, you are, but that's okay. Transparency is good. James, what do you do at Thousand Heads? Because a lot uh, of people... I'm marketing director here. Um, uh, I've literally just taken over this role. I say literally, not figuratively, obviously. Um, and a yeah, and I've been helping. This year will be about trying to raise the profile of our company. And we do like we're a word of mouth marketing agency. We work with people like Nokia, uh, Cancer Research, uh, STA Travel, all different brands to help them build communities and talk to lovely people across the internet. Ah, and you've been a big player in the mobile scene for some time now, haven't you? Yeah, I did. Um, I joined, I guess, the mobile industry about six years ago. Did a couple of mobile startups, worked in telcos, doing digital stuff, and then went freelance for a bit. And then I joined Thousand Heads about eighteen months ago. And you were the guy that was doing all the transcribing it that uh, text to voice thing, weren't you? <laughs> uh, no, I'm afraid not. That wasn't me. Oh, wasn't you? <clears throat> they had another monkey at the background who's doing all. Uh, from what I heard, several thousand monkeys. <laughs> ah, no, see, there's a name for an agency, Thousand Monkeys, if it wasn't already taken by a motion picture. <laughs> um, and, they, and they did it with 12, because it's obviously much more efficient over in Hollywood. Right then, four items 
from the depths of your past, from the depths of knowledge to come back out of room 404. Are you ready for this? Yes. Right then. In that case, I need to hunt around on the desk for my little tiny bell, because when we find the little tiny bell, we can do item one. So my first item is the Nintendo GameCube Game Boy Advance cable. Which has to have the greatest acronym ever of any Nintendo accessory, but what exactly was it? So basically, this um, item, with most Nintendo machines, um, a fantastic innovation, but it meant to get the best effect out of it, you needed um, one GameCube, four cables, and four Game Boy Advances, or three Game Boy Advances. Basically, the cable plugged into your GameCube and also plugged into your Game Boy Advance, right? So there were two, two games that I had this for. And basically, um, no, three games. There were three games. Um, on Zelda, Legend of Zelda, um, the person with uh, the Game Boy Advance could be player two, while you control Link. And the player two person could move around, I can't remember her name, the fairy, um, who would fly around and, and poke at things. And then, that's one thing. The second thing, on, um, on the fantastic game, which I nearly had to bring in, uh, Animal Crossing, you could leave the island which your animals lived on and visit another island where there were coconuts and the island was on the Game Boy Advance. And you could unplug the Game Boy Advance with your character on it and walk around and kind of take him on the tube and stuff and bring him back again and plug him back in again. And then the third and final one was for a game called, um, <clears throat> I think it was like Link's Adventure Quest, and where you all played on screen. Four, there were four multicolored links, as it were. And... Um, if ever you kind of went into separate dungeons, then the action moved to your Game Boy Advance. So you could kind of secretly do things while no one else could see you. It was lots of fun. It's, it's an interesting concept, and it's one that, that quite a few, because if I seem to remember, was it the this, this Sega Saturn had a little thing that plugged into the controller as well that had a similar idea? Yes, 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 yes. It was um, like a memory card, but it was, also had a little LCD screen on it. Yeah, it was a tiny, I mean, it was like Game Boy-esque. Um, one of the things that's just come back to me, actually, when you said that, was um, there was a Final Fantasy game called Final Fantasy Crystal, Crystal Castles or something like that. Um, Christ, and it, it involved a caravan. It was bizarre. But, um, but basically, your um, item screen for your character lived on your Game Boy Advance. So your friends who you're playing with couldn't see what items you had. So you could be a really nice kind of player and share your items, or you could be really horrible and say, well, I don't have any health, and you secretly have health spells. <laughs> now, as, as I always like to say, this is an interesting thing because the concept has continued to be built on. When you look at something like the Nintendo Wii controller nowadays, yeah. Yeah. okay, you don't have a screen. But mm-hmm. it also has the memory and it allows you to carry things. It allows you to move your, your, your me around from different <clears throat> Nintendos. So, I mean, the, the concept of having a sort of, for want of a better word, a sub-device is, is still around. And But also, I mean, kind of building on that. So there's a movement at the moment, which you're probably aware of, called two-screening. You know, everyone's two-screening these days. They're watching X Factor while on Twitter kind of thing, um, to put it, you know, on the most broadest sense. Um, And if you look back in the World Cup, there were a couple of iPad apps that kind of gave you information about the game you were watching while you were watching the game. Um, And that kind of two-screening element, to my mind, kicked off with the Game Boy Advance plugging into your GameCube. So you're playing the main game on your TV, 
and you've kind of got sub-information screen, as it were, on your second screen in your hand. So it kind of um, you know, predates Twitter and X Factor. How's that for a link? It's, it's good, but it's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, um, it's, it's a lovely idea, but I don't think it's actually been forgotten about. I think it's been built on. As you say, two screening is incredibly popular nowadays. It's, it's, yeah. it's growing ever since I started doing it five years ago with Twitter and the Eurovision Song Contest, long before the X Factor had the, or Question Time had that idea. And it is, it's still around on the modern day consoles. The PS3 has, has this partly with the PSP. You can use it as your rear view mirror in, in Gran Turismo and the engine oh, course, yes. is, is going to be having that as well. You know, Xbox Live, while it's not quite yet two screen, it wouldn't surprise me if something happens with Windows Phone. On, oh, on no, 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 that's true. Stuff. You can do that. That's, that's coming soon. I saw a video on it on Engadget a little while ago. Yeah, so, so quite simply, this is actually already out of Room 404. While the exact piece of hardware from your ancient <clears throat> times is, is still in there, this concept isn't in Room 404, so it's impossible for me to bring it back out again for you. Damn, so the memory lives on. What I can do, though, is I can give you a dollar five pound Woolworths gift voucher <laughs> and you can go and buy the cable on eBay yourself. Thank you very, very, very much. But in terms of it coming out of room four oh four, that's a fail because it's okay. not actually in room four oh four. Okay. It's, it's okay. I'm looking at the rest of my list and I have faith. I'm all right. I, I can take one. That's <laughs> okay. fine. Okay, right then. Let's see if we can manage the special effect again. Okay. Item two. This is a TV cartoon show and toy range called Visionaries. Now, which it came first? Name, Visionaries Knights of the Magical Light. Which came first then, the TV series or the toy? It was originally a toy. But as all things Hasbro, they kind of did the toys and then the TV series as a kind of a double, double-barreled thing. So what, why do you want to bring this back then? It was one of my favourite TV shows of all time. So basically, um, it was back when Saturday morning TV was awesome. It predates um, Power Rangers, predates all that rubbish that you get on TV nowadays. God, I sound I'm so old. Um, but stuff like you could turn on a Saturday morning and you'd get Defenders of the Earth or you'd get um, Mars Crusaders or you'd get He-Man. And sometimes you got Visionaries. Um, and Visionaries actually chimes quite nicely with today because it was about people living in the future and how mod- one day modern technology just suddenly fell over and died. And because of that... Um, they had to go back to being um, medieval times, so they had to learn how to use magic, and they weren't. And there was no, there was only very limited use of technology. Only people with special powers could use technology. It it, it sounds very much like a kids' animated version of Terry Nation's Survivors. <laughs> um, no, but only. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. So when they got their magic, so they were obviously the good guys and the bad guys. They um they had this hologram kind of on them. So like there, there was a really fast one called Whitterquick, for instance, and his hologram was a was a cheater, um, and he could run super fast. And then it, when he really needed to run really fast, he turned into a, a holographic cheater and could run. And the and the figures came with the holograms on them, and they could come off, and you could switch them around. Um, and they had these magical staffs as well, and they had spells, and it was just oh, it was so good, Ewan, so good. Now, I'm trying to work out now whether you want the toy back or the TV series. Back of the whole thing. Visionaries Knights of the Magical Light as a whole. So the comic book, the cartoon, the TV, um, the, the, the toys, 
everything you know, about it. That is a big ask, especially when you go back and have a look at some of the other stuff that the company was making at the time. I mean, this is the company that's behind Transformers um, in terms of the animation. Yeah. Um, these are the guys that did G.I. Joe. Yeah. Uh, these are also the guys who did My Little Pony, the movie. Yeah. You know, there there is a little bit of a Pandora's box danger here, I, I, I fear. I'm not asking for Hasbro, because Hasbro still lives on. You know, let's play by the rules, you know, because Transformers is still here, G.I. Joe's still here. To an extent, My Little Pony is still here. Visionaries came and went very quickly, and I think it was, um, it was an underrated thing. A bit like Arrested Development. So how many series did the TV series run for then? I believe um, the comic was very rare, and I think the animated series was just like one season. So how many episodes they made in the season? 12, 13? Did it have a great big nasty cliffhanger ending? I can't remember. Ah, It might have done. I can't remember. If you had one of those sort of Blake 7-esque endings. (laughs) What, like... um, Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Yeah, you know, if I had one of those really good last episodes, I wouldn't let it out. Ah. Because like, that would spoil, you know, it's like if somebody went back and tried to do Blake 7 now again, you, you know, you'd have a really tough time to beat that final episode. I but, think it was just cancelled. I don't yeah, know if, if there's anything. Just, if it just petered out, then, you know, I'd be tempted to say you can come back for a miniseries. Go back to um, I would like it back as a miniseries. Like, would you, okay, so shall we say three, two hours on HBO... Would that be okay? <laughs> I, I'm pers- personally, I think this is rife for a kind of a Hollywood revival. So, so, so more than HBO? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. Well, you could do HBO, but only if it was live action. Ah, live action on HBO. Well, that's this is what happens. You know, there's a lot of love for your kids stuff, and and I'm tempted to let this one out purely because it's important when you look back at these companies that had the big, you know, the big wins like the mask and um, Bucky O'Hare that you remember some of the really bad routes that they came from, um, the ones that just <laughs> kind of died terribly and painfully. Just to remember that sometimes children's memories are really should are as precious as the things in 404. So I am yeah. going to let this out. Ah, <clears throat> oh, yes, because I think, I think it's a valuable lesson for the technology-reliant um, Western world of today. But I'm going to make you watch them all in one go. Yes, please do. Even, I've got them all on DVD anyway. Even after <laughs> you've watched three episodes and you realise it's really, really quite childish. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to keep watching. Okay, I, I will make that deal with the devil. Done. Okay, there we go. See, I'm the devil. He's still trying to build me up again. Right then, yep. item three. You're one for one. Let's see how we carry on with this one. Item three is the CITV TV show, and this is just a TV show, Nightmare. Spellcasting, G-O-O-D-C-H-O-I-C-E. <laughs> Precisely. Um, if anybody uh, listening doesn't know what Nightmare is... Basically, um, five kids. It was about five or six. I can't remember. Five or or six kids. Four kids. Four kids. Um, The guy next to me at university was one of the kids on it, you see. (laughs) Oh, awesome. He stayed next to me in the halls of residence. He's like, I was on Nightmare. How did you do? Rubbish. (laughs) They put on, one of them puts on this um, helmet where they can't see anything um, and then walks around like a 3D world, all green screened, while the other three... Um, tell him what to do and where to walk. It was a bit like a live-action uh, choose-your-own-adventure. So at the time, 
Choose Your Own Adventure shows, you know, were huge. And so Choose Your Own Adventure books, so the Livingston books as well, were huge. So this was you know, really, really, really kind of on point. And it was great. And it was so technically wonderful as well because everything was green screened. Um, yeah. the, the, you could put them in some great places. You can put them in a room right next to a, a, a bomb that was lit, and the bomb would l- appear to be about 12 feet high that they need to sneak past. And they occasionally had some actors come in as well into the green screen room who could see. Uh, so you'd have the interaction, and it, it did catch that sort of Dungeons and Dragons wave and everything. I also remember. It was, go on. I also remember it being as one of the most expensive CITV programs ever, simply <laughs> because of the amount of. You know. And people are like, oh, look, they've got the little face that kind of melts into a skeleton for his health. You know, that took up an entire rack of Commodore Amigas to make. <laughs> what, I'm, what I remember about Nightmare is the fact that it was notoriously difficult. Yes! Um, and that's what, you don't get that anymore. I mean, literally, it was, you know, you could turn up one episode and get killed within the, ne- within the next two seasons. And, and I watched it religiously when I was a kid. And I swear, over eight seasons, I must have seen only like three people make it to the actual end. It was ridiculously hard. I mean, I'm going to look this up on Wikipedia now because I don't have the exact stats. But I seem to remember it's something like they only had like five or six victories out of eight years worth of play. Um, now, <laughs> Even given that's a, a British TV season of only about six or seven episodes, yeah. that, you know, that's still stunningly demoralizing to the youth. <laughs> uh, let me have a look here. Uh, da, 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 number of series, eight. Number of episodes, 112. And uh, let's have a little look down here to find out exactly how many people actually won. It doesn't... You'd, you'd think on Wikipedia... Eight teams, be... here we go. Only eight teams managed successfully. Two in series two. One each in series four to six, and two in series seven, and a final one in series eight. I mean, I remember that. a program that runs two years before anybody actually wins. Yeah, we just just for for our listeners just sit there. Think about how revolutionary that would be nowadays. Now, hang on a second as well. This is what I love talking about. You know, um, bleakness of Blake Seven. It says here the last team to play in each series would often face an impossible quest as the dungeon would inevitably collapse, indicating the end of the series before their time to reach a conclusion. So if you got on as the last episode, you knew you were stuffed. Uh, I also remember they, they, had a, they had a computer game that came out as well. I had it for the Spectrum, and it was just as hard as the TV series. You know, I don't stop like... me on Spectrum games, Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's like, you, you know, the first scene, you're in a prison cell. Hmm, what's around me? Nothing. <laughs> really? really? <laughs> it was just, I mean, it wasn't as hard as King Arthur's Quest, let's be fair. Um, but... You know, Nightmare had everything. It had computer graphics, it had D&D, it had teamwork, it had proper logical thinking. You couldn't just rush... Don't forget there. terrible overacting as well by Treyguard. Or terrible overacting by the entire cast. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, Tre- yes. Guard was, was, was like the Dungeon Master, but basically because it was all driven by the TV stuff, he didn't actually go, Mom, yeah, there's an NPC here, let's roll some dice. He just kind of stood there and went, you need to go faster, or... Walk carefully when you're over a pit of spikes. I mean, <laughs> and never sympathetic at all. Always, and he's dead. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye, adventurers. Maybe we shall <laughs> see you again in nightmare. I still can't get over the amount of wins over eight, over 112 episodes. Eight. That's mental. Yeah. Can you can you imagine that going on American television? <laughs> 
mean, they, they would get sued after the third episode for, for just, like, mental cruelty. It's like, why didn't you want him to show when he's there? They, they, they made him come back for another episode to keep on doing it. I mean, I mean that, you know, no, that happened with Ken Jennings, and he gets $70,000. But no, no. I, don't even, I don't even think they got a runners-up prize, a consolation prize. Oh, dear. So, yeah, come on. What do you think? Oh, nightmare. Uh, well, <laughs> see, I could be really evil and say, well, if you can show me the final screen on the Spectrum game, then it's worth, then you are worthy. <laughs> um, but I think Nightmare needs to come out because it's an important yeah. lesson in many things. One, it is award-winning television, um, and yeah. there's still nothing like that to this day. It encourages teamwork, it encourages problem-solving, and it gives kids the most important lesson I think that they can have. Sometimes, sometimes you lose. <laughs> sometimes you lose, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yes. <laughs> it's, just, it's just an evil man... With a beard, and on that Brilliant. note, I've got one out. For yes, you've got know. one out. Yes, two for two, 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 two for one. three, Excellent. two for three, two for three. We use baseball terminology here just to keep the Americans happy, so they at least Thank have you very some much. touchstones. Because now they're going nightmare TV series. Nope, don't remember it. Find it on YouTube. Item four. <laughs> Item four is Hero Quest, which is now, a very similar on. mold to Nightmare. If we're honest. Um, ish, but when, when you did your introduction and you made the little nod to Warhammer, I grinned because I thought this Hero Quest for me was about bringing kind of the Games Workshop Warhammer world to a more easy, easier consumable space. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, it was a board game, um, a board game adventure game uh, where the board was the same, <clears throat> but you could build things onto it. So each. Um, each game was different, and you've got a, a, a rule book and different adventures within that rule book. So literally, you might have something small like um, just get, these, get the treasure without being killed by two orcs. That's it. Whereas other ones would take up the entire board, and then it would tell you at the end how to create your own. So you, there was always somebody who would play the wizard, and there's always somebody who'd play like the barbarian or the wizard or the dwarf or whatever. Um, and then you could buy expansion packs as well. Um, and overall, it was probably the board game that I got the most out of when I was a kid. It also has, I see it now, was, did Hero Quest come first and then the space version, Space Quest, came second? Or was it the yes, other way around? That's correct. The former, right. Okay, so essentially this was a cheap D&D that managed to get around all the D&D patents. Uh, well, it was kind of, I mean, looking it up now, it's, it was in conjunction with Games Workshop. And it was set in Warhammer's fantasy fictional universe. Um, but I, um, and that was kind of <clears throat> touched upon in the Return of the Witch Lord expansion pack. Oh, Wikipedia, you're a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pre-Space Quest and actually a lot of fun. Again, we're in a similar situation to what we had uh, with, with the GameCube, Game Boy, Game Anniversary link-up cable thing here. Because Just, Justify that, Ewan. Come on. Well, okay, what you have here is a board game that allows you to create your own games in this medieval fantasy world. And again, it's one of these things where I think the concept is still running strong. While HeroQuest specifically isn't around, you know, if we allude to the stuff, you still have all the Warhammers. You still, to a certain extent, have Dungeons and Dragons. And when you look at the starter editions now, they're very, very close. You know, they provide complete tabletop. tabletop maps they they provide these very simple cookie cutter cut out and keep adventures to go on again i think the concept is is still kicking around there but you know what is it that makes hero quest unique in this sense though you know why, why why does hero quest have to come back out why can we not use what we already have now because 
I would like people to appreciate the smell of taking the lid off the box for the first time and to also understand what it means to play a board game again because I don't think there's enough board gaming these days. And when you go into pubs and stuff and, you know, you can do giant Jenga or giant Foursquare, and Foursquare, giant Connect Four. <laughs> okay, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa there, back up, reverse there, Charlie. Giant <laughs> Foursquare. <laughs> giant Connect Four, sorry, Freudian slip. Um, and then... Um, but wouldn't it be awesome if you go into a pub and all they've got is, I know, Space Quest, Hero Quest, Warhammer in the corners? Like, yeah, so I'm going to be in the pub for the next two days then. No, no, no. If, it, if that's the case, they can only have giant Hero Quest. <laughs> yes, that'd be amazing. Like giant chess when you're at school. Yes, it's basically an entire room in a pub. It's just a hero quest room. <laughs> See, on that alone, it should definitely come out. Yeah, that alone, I will give you that. Um, yeah! I will give you giant hero quest out. Okay, which, I, I which will is take actually that. normal hero quest, but because we've moved forward in time in some strange Philip K. Dick style short story, the universe has got smaller, therefore everything from the past <laughs> is slightly bigger. A bit like the final task in Harry Potter. The final... The Stone. That was... They're the giant chest. That, was, that wasn't the final task. That was the third last task. There was the giant chest board. Oh, uh, then the mirror. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there's yeah. the giant chest board. And then there yeah. was the, the potions chest in the book, because we go with the books here. Uh, and yeah. then there was get the stone out of the pocket that's actually in the mirror that is your pocket, but not yes. your pocket. All right. I'm obviously fighting with the wrong battle. Uh, yeah, yeah. You've already got giant hero quest. Out. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're two for three with a plus one modifier, uh, yeah. and that means to secure their progress, something new needs to go in. It's a bit of karmic balance. So, out of all the modern technology, web services, gadgets, games, what, James, do you think deserves to be snuffed from existence? The Xbox Connect the fastest-selling peripheral for a gaming console in history, yes? Indeed. The, we can make sure that it's really funny to have someone who's got a tremor watching a game with Jenga on the computer screen, yes? Yes. The one thing that's keeping Microsoft solvent, yes? <laughs> yes. Yes, well, on the strength of that last one, you've got, you're already halfway there. Tell me why Kinect needs to go away. Um... Well, it, it's kind of, it needs to go away as in, to me, it needs to disappear into the rest of my house. As in, the, the, the machinery itself, the technology behind it, um, I got used to it. I bought one for myself just after Christmas. And it's the kind of technology you don't really realize you need. You need. Um, sorry, you don't really think you need until you have one. And then when you get one, you suddenly, within 10 seconds... 10 seconds maximum you wonder why you haven't had this technology your entire life okay so that that seems to me a, a justification for for keeping it out and not putting it in room 404 but it upsets me when things like this come along you realize how behind the rest of the world is when it comes to technology you know if i say to my xbox xbox um play track or xbox next track it will start playing last fm and it will you know skip to the next track and so on and so forth you start walking around your house and saying um xbox boil kettle and things like that just don't happen and it's annoying and it and they should happen so 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 what you're arguing is actually you want to put in the limitations of the xbox <laughs> yes no i want to put, uh I've come a cropper now, haven't I? 
But yeah, yeah, because you be. <laughs> I'm not quite sure why. Because basically, what you're arguing for is the thing that you find incredibly useful that you want the rest of the world to have. You want to take away from them again. I mean, basically, you're Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, pretty much. But the thing is, yeah. the thing is, if it goes in, that means someone else can take it out at another date. Ah, so this is a, a know, giving thing. It's a, it's a, yeah, yeah. You're trying trying to be noble. Yes, there we go. Noble, noble efforts. That's a bit of a stupid idea, isn't it? It's a bit of a stupid idea. I think I maybe have misunderstood this. <laughs> <laughs> so, James, do you really want to wipe the Xbox Connect from existence? No. Do you want to put the Xbox Connect into room 404? <laughs> no. Do you, do you think that it's a really neat idea, like a digital watch? Yes. <laughs> you want it to stay out? Forever and ever and ever. <laughs> Forever and ever and ever. Because essentially, the Xbox Connect is halfway to having your own kit from Night Yes, Rider. exactly. And they don't do anything. Sorry, one moan, hang on. They don't do anything. I would put Xbox Connect's TV adverts in. There we go. Because they don't sell anything about the voice activation. Everything's about the movement and how you're the controller. I don't even play any of the Xbox Connect games. I use it purely for the voice activation. Right. So, so, now we, so essentially, your brain knew that something from the Connect wanted to go in. Now you've worked out what it is. Yes, there you we go. You want to put in marketing executives. <laughs> Coming from a marketing exec, yeah. I was Thanks about to say much. that, James, what's your job title? <laughs> marketing director. And you want to put in marketing executives, bad, yes? Bad marketing executives, bad marketing executives. Oh, bad marketing executives, right. So is this basically a way for you to go up the promotional ladder? No, I'm not that fickle. <laughs> <laughs> You're all that strategic, to be honest. Yeah, um, <laughs> so surprisingly, I can tell. <laughs> uh, but uh, Xbox Connect advertising into Room 404, I think I can agree with, because the, the Connect is a wonderful piece of kit. Uh, and it's almost as if it's sold in spite of the adverts, not because of the adverts, if that Sorry, makes any sense. I mean, it's great, you can do this stuff. And it, again, it's the fact that a lot of the technology is hidden, it's simple, it's almost magic, and yet, you're, you're right, it's just never described. It's like, look, you can play a skateboard game. Yeah. And I could, you can do a lot more with that. So, the Xbox Connect adverts and the marketing team that did that, in they go. Which yeah, bye, bye, bye. And, and, and delightfully, you know, they can play with a Nintendo GameCube Game Boy Advance cable player. Hey. which is still in there and they can probably come up with an advert that shows it's a neat idea that you can use it as a rear view mirror on a driving <laughs> game and uh, make that the core advertising message james that's not bad actually um thank you very um, much Ewan. two two and a bit out of four are coming out um hero request uh, is removed but only in the giant hero quest version for the back room in your favorite pub nightmare comes out visionaries comes out for a dvd marathon but the nintendo gamecube game boy advanced game player app, um <laughs> which sounds like a script <laughs> it sounds like something from open all hours to be honest sounds like a nightmare spell it does yes um or some sort of strange dna for a computer game um you know if we we're more advanced it'd be an interesting reader challenge of what do you think ngcgacp actually means but there we go james where can people find out more about you you and Thousand Heads. 
Um, you can, uh, I'm Watley Dude on Twitter. My blog is whatleydude.com. And same with Thousand Heads. Uh, they're Thousand Heads on Twitter and thousandheads.com. There we go. And that's the number, thousand, one, zero, zero, zero. No space, <laughs> small h, E-A-D-S. There you go. You boss will be happy now. Uh, I'm Ewan Spence, and this is Room 404. You can get in touch with me, Ewan, at thepodcastcorner.com. Room404.thepodcastcorner.com as well for the website. Or you can find us on iTunes if you're a new listener. And head along there to make sure you get the show every Thursday. Uh, and if you're a regular listener then why not pop along there leave a review and tell everybody how rubbish this show is because it's just a joke idea from Robert Beta eight weeks ago that we're still flogging because people are listening and more people are listening every week absolutely crazy anyway room 404 closes its doors for another week we'll be back with another guest another four items from history and another modern item that's not really been thought through that actually should stay out but not isn't going in so let's put something else in instead quickly and try and cover it like James <laughs> did this week uh, but for now thank you for listening and thank you James thank, thank you along. Ta-ra. bye